Hey, this is Mitch with the Mitch Mindset Podcast, and today we got a special guest. His name is Zonti. Um, Zonti is most importantly a follower of Christ, and I asked him what he wanted uh, his, his stage name to be, what he wanted me to call him. He said, look, man, I just follow Jesus, and I make music. So I threw that in there, and uh, he actually had an album, uh, 334, nominated as Best Rap Album of the Year in 2021 by Dove Music Awards. Hey, let's give uh, Zonti a round of applause by yourself. What's up, Zonti? How you doing? Hey, what's good, man? Thank you for having me. Yeah, look, appreciate you uh, just taking your time out of, you know, you recording to get on my podcast. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to pray real quick, and, dude, we'll jump into this. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for you, thankful uh, just to – you know, pray to you. I, I pray that this podcast goes well and that me and uh, Zanti could just have a great conversation that points to you and uh, impacts others, Lord, for your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, Zanti, how you doing, man? I'm blessed, bro. Grateful for another day, man. Awesome. Um, so, I know you're working on an album right now. What's it called? It's going to be called The Stonebrook Project. And the reason, awesome. that, yeah, the reason for that name is when the Israelites crossed over the river um, into the promised land, they were taking stones from the brook and building an altar to remember what God had done for them to get to that point. And uh, I'm the same way with every single song on this project. Each one is a reminder of something God has done in my life. And I just want to point to him. Like if he can do this for me, I know he can do this for you too. Dude, that is awesome. Um, So that being said, so when did you get into music? What got you into music? And like, how, how how'd you get here now? Well, when I was five years old, I went to a concert um, with my family and was looking up on stage and like, man, I want to do that someday. Um, I got excited about it. It became something that I always was passionate about. Um, and as I got older, I started writing songs at 10 and producing at 14. And then when I was in my senior year of high school, I had made the decision, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to use my gifts for him. And I leaned all the way in, uh, put out my first song right after I graduated. I used to work. Um, from 9 a.m. till midnight downtown in South Tampa delivering groceries and really? at home. And from 1 a.m. till 4 a.m., I would make music, work on social media and all that. And uh, that first song that we put out happened to be called God Taught Me, and it worked, man. <laughs> and that got us to this point. So just stayed faithful since then. And, you know, the prayer is, can we make music people want with the message that they need? Can somebody hear this song and be impacted for the kingdom? So that's what we're on, bro. Dude, that is awesome. So how did you get your name, Zonti? Um, it's a mashup between my first middle and last name in a way, but also, um, I don't know, have you ever read the Count of Monte Cristo book or have you seen that movie? I'm, I haven't, man. I'm just going to be honest. So I'm going to give you a, like a really oversimplified synopsis, but basically in the Count of Monte Cristo, um, it's like right after the French revolution, it's over in Europe and there's this dude who's living life. Everything's going great. He's framed for something he didn't do and he goes away to prison. Well, when he finally breaks out of that prison, he finds a treasure and then he uses that wealth to impact others around him. He fights corruption. He helps the lowly and the weak, the people who are hurting. And in the end of the story, he rides up into the sunset. And it's not about him. It's about what he did. And when I read that um, right before I started, you know, my music uh, as a career, I was like, well, I don't want to go by just my name, Zachariah. Yeah. I'm supposed to do something different. And um, Monte Cristo means mountain of Christ. We're called to be a city on a hill. And I, I resonated with that story because I want to break out of anything that's holding me back, whether it's fear, anxiety, depression, my circumstance, struggles, hard times, trauma, whatever it is. And I want to push through that 
and use this treasure, my gift of music and my story to impact as many people as I can. And in the end, right off into the sunset and let it be about God, not about me. So I took Monte Cristo and I put the Z from Zachariah in the front, AU for my middle name and the final E for my last name and then changed it. So it's Z-A-U-N-T-E-E. And then the T looks like a cross. It's seven letters. This is the number of completion. And that's why I talk about number 34 too. Um, And 334, I keep that number 34 kind of, consistent in my theme um i even got it tatted because when he was in prison all they called him was number 34 and so that when he finally made it and was successful he said look this is how you saw me i used to be number 34 but look who i am now i I was lost but now i'm found i was blind but now i see i used to be something else and then jesus saved me so um yeah man that's that's how i got the name and then all the symbolism bro dude i appreciate you sharing um i know you so like, I want to ask you a little bit about your testimony. I know you already kind of said that uh, you got saved when you were in high school. Yeah. Uh, you, you think you could tell us a little bit about that? Someone invite you to church? Uh, yeah. What happened? So my uh, my family, I was actually a pastor's kid. My, my parents were in ministry. Yeah, me too. Yes, sir. Gang, gang. Yeah. I grew, up around, I grew up around the ministry, and I got saved when I was like four or five years old. Like, I was on fire for Jesus my whole life. Um, When I got into high school and middle school and just as I got older, you know, you start to get like bullied and like left out and and treated differently because of your faith um, and because of how you live. And I had gone from like just thinking, oh, you know, I'm around the church and I'm around all these other kids who think and act like me. So I thought that's just what it was. And then started to be treated like that when I was in high school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to earn other people's respect. And I started worrying about their opinions and letting that affect my decisions. Um, in my senior year, or kind of like end of junior year, my mom found out how I'd been living and the people I've been around and, you know, just kind of wilding out. God protected me, but she she's usually very passionate. She got dead serious. It almost scared me. She said, in 10 years, you won't know these people and you'll have Jesus to lean on when you're done with this charade, but they don't have an answer. So you're watching them drown. And that hit Dang. me in the face. Like I have a responsibility, whether I like it or not, to give this answer because I know that I have the truth and I can use it when I'm ready for it. So I'm keeping it from people out of insecurity. And that lined up perfectly with my music becoming a focus. So I just kind of put those two messages together, like my songs and then my story um, and started trying to help anybody I could. And authenticity is culture currency. If you're all the way you and completely authentic, people respect that. I went from a background character to the guy that people talk to if they had a problem or they needed help or prayer. And I had a dude call me like, hey, this is the first time I've been sober in months and I just got kicked out of my house. I'm trying to figure out what to do next. You're the closest thing I know to a pastor. How do I find God? And that solidified for me. Like, no, way. You know no matter how uncomfortable this is, I just I have to keep representing Jesus because people need this. Dude, that's awesome. Anything uncomfortable is worth doing. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, so since then, how like how how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 22. You're 22. Um, so about, let's say, five years since that time, uh, since that, since you, like, I guess, event in your life, how have you continued to grow in your faith and grow into the man that God's called you to be? Yeah, man. Well, I um, I had a label situation where I was signed um, to a major record label. And beginning, it was working well. But there were differences in creative opinion um, and even conversations saying, you know, maybe don't use the name of Jesus and stuff like that. Or you know, oh. hey, be if you are going to talk about Jesus, be more conservative in your music sound and 
in my heart, I was always like, I want to reach the people who might not hear in a, a church or might not hear Christian radio. Like I want to reach them. So um, I kind of was put on hold for like two years almost without releasing any music, you know, like yeah. heavy, heavy, like concentration on what I'm posting and all this stuff. Like it was, it was really stressful for me. And I kind of, even though I was already following Jesus and had been in ministry for like a couple of years, I kind of went into the worst depression that I had been in because I couldn't do what I was called to do. God ended up showing me he was using that whole season to teach me how to have that feel hopeless because I've been in some rough situations. Right. And I've had some, you know, bad things happen, but I would always kind of bounce back. And this was the first time that I truly couldn't see a way out. And it's funny because it wasn't even as bad as some of the things I walked through, but just that mental block of like, man, I don't see any solutions. And during that time, God really showed me, like, I just need to lean completely on him. And all I need to worry about is, is just getting closer and falling in love with him. And I was in that journey. And then he, you know, brought us out of that and gave us a new team and gave us creative freedom and resources and opportunities. And so by the end of 2021, when we dropped back from the dead, it was like, look, I feel like I'm back right now. And all that took is just falling in love with Jesus and making that the complete priority. So now with the Stonebrook project that's on the way, I feel like it is kind of the culmination of my faith and my journey. Each of those songs is very worshipful. Like I'm talking about what God has brought me through and how other people can tap into that formula. Yeah, dude, your hey, your music's pure. Like it, it's vulnerable. It, you like, it's it's you, man. Like you're not just making anything up. And like I, I know I listen to it, but I know other people out there appreciate your just uh, realness. Um, so uh, I do like. So you you brought up a little bit on the anxiety and depression, um, and like your music has a lot uh, to do with that. So. One one of the reasons I wanted to ask you this question was I, I was actually at my chapel. I, I go to a Christian university, and I heard a statistic that seventy three percent of college students um, struggle at a certain point in their college career with mental health issues and depression and anxiety, and um, like most of, half of my listeners are my are in the college age and i'm not taking anything away from anxiety and depression from people who aren't college age um but i just that's that's half my listeners i wanted i wanted you to speak on that but if you're if you're out there and you're older older than that age or younger look this is for you too i just want to hear your your input on this zanti yeah, man, that's something that, I mean, I was around that age range when I was walking through it the heaviest, um, disassociating a lot, you know, I, I have these, Stonebrook project, uh, I was disassociating from the world around me, feeling like I'm isolated, sick of my surroundings, staring at the ceiling, God, I hope you hear me, I just want to feel you near me and see you clearly, I'm tired of the way that things feel when I was doing it by myself, um, instead of looking to your help, and, and the kind of it, it goes into like how the Lord. Thank you for me. sharing. Yeah, man. Well, really, that's been the journey for me is like, I, I had to learn. This is hard because depression is, is such a real, a real battle. I think the big yeah. of that is that we feel like it's permanent. The thing that's the most discouraging about depression or anxiety is you feel so overwhelmed that you feel like it's never going to be different. And this is how my life is. I think back to when I was a kid and like how carefree you feel and how life feels or whatever. 
And then you get older and it's like, man, is this my new filter? Is this how everything is going to be? And one of the things I learned scientifically, and I share this at shows, when you're born, you only have two fears, the fear of heights and the fear of loud noises. Those are the only two fears that you are born with as a human being. That means every other fear, every other insecurity, all anxiety, all depression, all worry, all pain, all heartache, every negative opinion about yourself or about the world around you wasn't part of you when you were born. It was put there by a situation or by somebody else. Even depression, even the, the crippling fear or, or discouragement or despair that we can feel going through life isn't part of your DNA. And the world around us will try and tell you, no, 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 that's, this is your diagnosis. This is permanent. This is what you're forced to live with for the rest of your life. Get used to it. But that's not how that works. It's not part of you. Amen. So if your pain isn't part of you, that means that someone else can take it away. And that's the key. God is saying to each of his children, rise up and step into who I've called you to be. If you give it over to me and you just say, look, I don't feel like it. I don't understand. And I can't see you, but I choose to trust you. I choose to seek you first, even when it doesn't make sense. And I love you regardless. God will reach into your situation and raise you out of the muck and mire. He'll pull you from the filth. He'll pull you from the pain. Even when you don't have the answers, you don't need to. All you have to worry about is taking that first step forward that cause take that first and god you know what i can't see the way out but i choose to trust you and you cry out to him help me draw near to god and god will draw near to you if you take one step he comes running and then james about every single day just do the next right thing do the next thing take the next step closer keep waking up keep pushing forward and it'll get better i promise there's light at the end of the tunnel dude thank you for sharing that um Look, I know that I know that's part of your testimony, and it's not always easy to share. Like, I appreciate that. I know people, the listeners will appreciate it as well. Um, with that, like being said, uh, a lot like I know a lot of your music's on that subject, but you talk a lot about being a zealot, and uh, your motto is "I follow Jesus" or "We follow Jesus." Like, like I said when I first called you, I was like, "Hey, man, what do you want me to tell him?" Hey, I follow Jesus. I make music. Like, can you, can you talk a little bit on being a zealot and your motto? Yeah, a zealot is somebody who's radical and uncompromising in their belief. Anytime through history that somebody was a zealot, it meant that they were willing to die for what they stood for. And if you're not willing to die for something, uh, then if you don't have something worth dying for, you don't have something worth living for. So when I made the decision that my life was less important than my cause, everything changed for me because now I had a reason to push past the stuff that was painful or uncomfortable. I chose to say, you know what? Uh, I follow Jesus and I will change the world. And then God kept showing me, look, make that language. We incorporate everybody who listens to these songs to feel a part of something. We follow Jesus and we will change the world. And that's the journey that I've been on is just making people feel like they belong, making people feel like they're part of a movement and understanding, look, you are valued and you do have a place here. And together we could rise up and be the generation that represents and represents who Jesus is to the world around us. Dude, you're firing me up, man. Look, I'm, Let's I'm go, gonna, bro. Come on. Hey, it's showtime. Hey, hey I'm going uh, to say that, that you, you just said something. I, I had to write it down, man. If you don't have something worth dying for, you don't have something worth living for. Dude, did you come up with that? Um, I, Somebody might have said it. I haven't heard it. I was just praying one time about what I should say on stage before I do the song Die For You. And that's yeah. what I thought of. Um. I might have heard it somewhere, but I, I can't source it right now. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say that I, I found it through prayer. I think it's me. <laughs> hey, I, we'll give it to you, man. Look, that's <laughs> awesome. Seriously. 
um, yeah, dude, if you don't have something worth dying for, you don't have something worth living for, dude, that, that's powerful. Um, I've been saying so, that on stage for about a year now, whenever I do the song Die For You, uh, because the literal reason I wrote that, and that was on 334. Um, yeah, yeah. The reason I wrote that was it was a prayer. Like, I finally decided I'm willing to die for you, God. Like, I choose this life all the way. Dude, that's a, look, man, that's awesome. Seriously. Um, so, like, right now, is this going to be uh, your second official album coming out, Stonebrook Season? Yes, or, sir. Yeah, or Stonebrook Project? Yeah, the Stonebrook Project is my first album independently, and my first album um, since leaving the label, my first album in a couple years, and I'm looking at it as, like, the first project that's all the way me because 334 was a blessing, but there was some compromises on that album as well um, by working with a larger collective team. This is the one where like everything that you're hearing is directly what was in my heart and exactly how I heard it and wrote it. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I can't wait. I've actually been uh, listening to some of your clips. Uh, You you know, uh, you, you mind sharing a little bit, like, you know, you already talked about some lyrics of a song you were talking about uh, just, one song you were saying, uh, I follow Jesus to Nazareth. What's that song going to be called, if you don't want me asking? Uh, you're talking about the I follow Jesus of Nazareth, not a man-made religion, that one? Yeah. Yeah, you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, so that like, one. I, not to put you on the spot. But... No, dude, I, I love it. I'm I'm so excited about this album. I want to talk about it as much as you want, bro. Um, All right. Uh, it's, it's called Life I Chose, and that song was important for me. I wrote it more along the lines of, like, I just had a flow and like, you know, kind of a vibe that I thought was cool. But then the lyrics came later and it ended up being pretty important for me because it's a statement like kind of almost die for you part two in a way. Like not only would I die for this, but this is the life that I chose. I chose to 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 make that outward statement that I do follow Jesus because there's a difference between getting saved and saying that you love God versus like choosing to represent him. Even if there's persecution, even if you have to give up things that you want even if you have to turn to temptations, like it's hard. It sucks sometimes. It's very difficult. A lot of sin is very rewarding in the moment. It'll hurt you in the long run, but a lot of sin like feels great at the time and you have to constantly choose a separate lifestyle. So life I chose saying I follow Jesus of Nazareth, not a man-made religion is literally about saying this is the life I chose. Like this is who I want to be because God has saved me from so much. I'm going to honor him with the life he's given me back. And I was talking to a pastor who had survived cancer. And he told me when he uh, was healed beyond any doctor's belief, um, he felt like the Lord told him the life that I gave you back, use it completely for me. And I feel like that's how I am. Like, I feel like all of us, like when we get saved, God is saying the life that I've given you now, you should have been dead or you, you should have been gone. There's so much that you shouldn't have survived, but I've been with you. So this life that I've given you, go live it for me. And that's what the life I chose is about. Dude, that's all. Like, seriously. Um, I can't say this is a religion. Because like, technically Christianity is a religion, but it's a relationship. Exactly. Um, it's more reliant on the word, on his love. Uh, and not... I, just not, not tradition. Um, so, you, you, have, you like to speak on like what's your relationship forward. I know. Uh, you know, uh, you know that, um, I, I don't know was that, that with Jesus resurrecting. 
Yeah, I think I've, I've heard some people say that about Back from the Dead. And I think with that song, I think it's a double um, meaning. I think the him being risen is definitely something that's powerful and, and hearing it from that perspective. When I wrote it, it was definitely much more like I feel like there's this verse that Paul talks about where he says, you know, I've been crucified with Christ and resurrected with him. And yeah. first, of all, what does that mean? Like we weren't there. But the reality is, is like when Jesus gave that sacrifice and paid the price and then rose from the grave, he was killing off all of our sin and raising us up into who we are now who we could become, the new creation, right? So Back from the Dead is like, I was gone, but now I'm back. I'm I'm with Christ and my identity's in him. And uh, that's what the relationship looks like for me, bro. That's awesome. Trusting him and, and constantly, if I'm actively trying to get close to him, I don't have to have the perfect devotional. I don't have to do the exact perfect thing all day. I don't have to have the perfect schedule or the perfect habit. But if I'm actively trying to be close to him, he shows up and takes care of the rest. And he will honor it if we seek him. So that's awesome. how I find my relationship with him. Instead of it being religion, I'm actively trying to seek him and put him first. And it's not easy. It's got to be the life you choose, you know? Yeah. But that's what I'm trying to do. Dude, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think that verse is from Galatians. Uh, if anyone was like wants to know, I'm pretty sure. But uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, so. I, I've asked you a couple questions, um, but I, I do have about one more, maybe two more. Um, if you could, like, I always give people this opportunity if I interview them. You could tell any of the listeners uh, listening anything uh, you want, like encouragement, motivation, uh, your favorite Bible verse. Uh, mm. Like, I know it's kind of broad, but uh, I just figure I'd throw that out there. I We got about 20 different countries listening on this podcast, man. So, Oh, that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Uh, encouragement wise, I would just tell them, um, you're not alone. You know, it's hard to really understand how much God loves you, but in the quiet moments and the moments you're hurting the most, just understand that you're not alone, that he has your back and he's been by your side this entire time. And no matter how much you're hurting, it's not over and he's got your back. Um, the verse that I read every morning, um, is, uh, is actually, pretty encouraging to me because it reminds me of my mission. Uh, and it's just, um, that, uh, if anyone claims to be in. Cut out. You there? Hey, it's on to you. Well, uh, to my listeners, uh, <clears throat> I think Zonti lost connection. And it's no big deal. Uh, just wanted to go ahead and tell you all that uh, he was a special guest today. If you're still listening to this, um, I'm going to close it out. Thank you so much, Zonti. And look, go listen to his new album, Stonebrook Project. Thanks. Listen next time. Hey, guys, sorry about the technical difficulties. 
But, hey, thanks again for listening. And, hey, you go listen to Stonebrook Project, Stonebrook Season by Zonti. It's coming out here soon. I'm not sure. Be on the lookout. And, um, look, just go go do something you love and go do it for the glory of God. Um, thankful for all the listeners who are listening. You have any questions, DM me uh, or email me at the uh, the Mitch Mindset Podcast at gmail.com. Look, I plan on making an Instagram here soon, but uh, yeah, it's time to believe.